0: Oh me too. The great way to start out the day.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Over 50 starting Over. I'm Barry Edwards and
0: I'm Merle Garrison.
1: November 12, 2021. We got Thanksgiving coming up, my favorite holiday.
0: Man, can't, can't believe that that's already coming up here. November
1: I 12th. Can't wait. I I think I have said that uh, the last couple of podcasts because I get so excited about it in November, uh, off to a beautiful morning, um, went driving to, uh, the gym this morning and it's just sunny and gorgeous. And like the leaves just finally started falling about two days ago, like in oh, a big okay. way, you know, the yeah. big fall, you know, yeah. so they're all about halfway, half of them are on half of them are down. It's like yeah. the most beautiful day of fall is what I mean. So, mm. I got a whole bunch of different ways I could take to the gym and I decided to take North Park this morning and we go right by our lake here, Upper Shaker Lake. And so because half the trees are half bare, you could see perfectly through everything, but there's all that color and the golden early morning sun shining through all this. Oh, with
0: the reflections, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking the reflections about. Reflections
1: coming off the lake. I wanted to get a picture for the podcast so bad, but I was driving, you know, yeah, So I just thought I'd try to describe that for because it really was exhilarating. And mm. it put me in as great mood as ah, there's Charlie, who's gotten so big, by the way, no kidding, it really put me in a great mood on my way to the gym. And I've been really trying to concentrate on this too, knowing that I am the owner, the, the co creator of my reality. I'm trying to double down on that thought again, and train my mind because too often, when we get trapped in our negativity, and there could be even the victimhood thoughts, it's because you're perceiving yourself as being not the master of your domain, let's say, Uh, and you're not realizing that you're the co creator of your reality. So you certainly are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm it's all to.
0: about uh, what's in between your ears there. Right. I mean, yeah. that, that your happiness is in, in your head and you're in charge of that. And yes. you got to do things like stop and smell the roses or check out that reflection on the lake. And yeah, I, I love that. I love that area, by the way. I just, it's I beautiful. remember when I lived out there, that was one of my favorite areas to drive through and I could actually picture that site in my mind as you were talking about it beautiful stuff we don't get the the fall kind of colors for the most part around here but in some particular areas we do i i uh marie and i took a great bicycle ride um this trail that i found last weekend and it was surprisingly wooded there was a, a lot of woods Mostly uh, the trail wasn't shaded, but there was a, it was like a dry riverbed with a lot of trees in the middle. And a lot of them were fall colors. And it just does something when you you get yeah. to look at that. It's just yes. beautiful. I love that.
1: Uh, so you're saying that you got to see the fall colors?
0: I got to see some fall colors. Yeah, it was oh, really beautiful. How cool. And it kind of smelled nice. And there was nothing like the Cleveland experience mm-hmm. in the fall. But uh, mm-hmm. but I got a little piece of it. And, um, oh, I also wanted to say, mm. I just got my bicycle out of the bike shop, got a little tune up and went on a ride last night. And Holy it was cow. like a what new a bike. difference! Yeah, it was almost oh. like motor powered. You know? I it know. Amazing.
1: How long between tune-ups for well, you? Well,
0: I tell you what, I got a tune-up about six months ago at a bike shop I don't normally go to. Our bike shop had been closed down, the one I oh, normally COVID. go to okay. because of, yeah, the, the whole COVID crisis yeah. and the work shortage and everything. But um, I I thought, oh, man, my, my I didn't, I don't know, I was not happy with the tune-up, mm-hmm. and I just thought maybe it was my bicycle. But now that I got it, my place opened up. Yeah. and uh got it back and oh my gosh it was well, a, it was a joy
1: i i totally understand i have noticed two things over the years that's just an art form and that is adjusting your gears optimally yes and the, uh, truing up your spoke so your tires are perfectly true
0: both of these things aren't things you can just do in your garage if you don't know what you're doing and case in point yeah. um we were on that ride last week and it was mostly a very slight uphill grade for the first half. And then on the second half, it was a downhill grade and, Anne Marie was complaining about her derailleur It was rubbing. And so uh-huh. you know how annoying that is. That's
1: really annoying.
0: And it was actually annoying me too. And I had a few <laughs> tools in my bag and I said, Hey, let me uh, let me see if I can help you with that. And uh, I totally screwed it up <laughs> so that she couldn't she couldn't switch it into high gear anymore. Oh, so she okay. had to pedal real fast all the way. <laughs> All the way down the <laughs> hill. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but I got that fixed too at the bike shop. So we're we're golden now.
1: Cool. Hey, I just want to share with you real quick. You and I were talking briefly last night and uh about the show. And I was like, Oh god, I don't have much to share. Well, between that and this morning, I found a lot of good stuff to share. We got but so much to talk about anyway. But it's nice when we can share with the audience some some yeah, audio video, that kind of stuff. But my real point is, I had to go because I was getting a Air- Airbnb ringtone going yeah, off in my so ear. Much. And um, my new renters were just coming in. And uh, it was a great conversation, actually texting back back and forth. And so He came here. He and his wife came here with his dog. Can you see my screen? Yes, I can. Okay. So I'm showing you this picture of these two dogs and the black one is Dodger. Well, his buddy Kaiser passed away a few Mm. months ago. And uh, so this is Dodger here. And they came here from Missouri. They drove here from Missouri because his wife found this beautiful collie here uh, is she's a rescue. Mm-hmm. And they're coming to pick her up over this weekend. And uh, so we just went back and forth on that. And he's also like, man, you left me a couple Miller lights in the refrigerator. I'm so happy after that long drive. Thank you. And uh, uh, that's all I just wanted to say that it makes my heart so full to know that I'm being a part of this beautiful dog getting rescued and making their family whole. Uh wow. when, when those things happen, it really it makes me very happy. I that love is really what, cool. My house is so dog friendly over there. And I love when people most people come, they have a dog, and uh it just makes me happy that the house is being used. There. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of dogs, there's Charlie in the background, we'll restless back is there. all. He's <laughs> such a puppy. <laughs> He may be going uh, in the cage soon, but I wanted to just start off with that because that made me feel really good uh, g- going right into this morning. And um, I just well, wanted-, I wanted to say that
0: uh, you're the fact that you left beer in the refrigerator for him. I mean, I've done some b b mm-hmm. stuff before. Mm-hmm. I think that would be awesome after driving along and he, I saw his comment after you know, driving mm-hmm. all that way and, mm-hmm. and that that was like the best beer that he could have could have had. I'm thinking, yeah. man, that must have been a long ride. Miller Lite yeah. was the best beer you ever had.
1: But, I love you know, Miller Lite myself. Yeah, it's my favorite.
0: Is it really
1: mm-hmm, your mm-hmm.
0: favorite? Wow. It is. Well, yeah. hey, that's pretty cool, though. What a great touch! What a touch to in
1: there. I wanted well, I also put out for everybody a bag of snacks, uh, all these little mini snacks. And I got that from another Airbnb guy that I stayed at. I I always pick up a trick from other Airbnb hosts Mm -hmm, when mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. stay somewhere. I did want to ask you about that. And I kind of forgot about the beer thing. I don't think I've ever done that. Now, I just happen to have a couple of non-alcoholic beers, like Mm -hmm. these craft non-alcoholic beers. Now, I already drank that uh, another tenant left. They left me like six of them. Well, I drank four of them. They were so good. Non-alcoholic. Right, right. Uh, but then I had some of my Miller Lights from my stay, and I had a couple left over. And I thought, well, I got these these two non alcoholic ones, these two Miller Lights. I'm just going to leave them um, because I've thought about this, and I wonder your opinion. I wonder anybody's opinion that may want to chime in uh, and leave a comment for us at uh, over fifty starting over dot com. You go to our blog post there, leave a comment, or simply on the YouTube video.
2: Right. We really
1: appreciate feedback. My, th- what I've always wondered is. I've thought about leaving a bottle of wine and a couple Miller lights. You don't know someone's preferences. Uh, right. Dog, don't start. Um, what if they're a recovering alcoholic? Oh, but, I didn't you know, think no, of that. I kind of tend to think the safe thing to do is never leave alcoholic beverages behind, but I, you know. but this guy was so appreciative. I mean, yes, he, truly he was. was.
0: Yes, he was. Um, what do you think? Well, you know, I hadn't actually considered that. uh, But, you know, it might be something that you preface, you know, as you're making arrangements. uh, Hey, I was thinking about leaving this behind. Uh, Do you have a preference?
1: That's a good thought.
0: Maybe that would be good. Because I guess I could see if you you were an alcoholic or something, Mm -hmm. and that would be terrible temptation as soon as you came in, and you might not get your place back.
1: That's funny. Because, yeah, what if it's like, oh my God, I got to get out of my neighborhood because I'm trying to recover and I need different surroundings. And there, yeah. Yeah, hey, yeah, Here's some really nice wine. Here's some beer. Right, how about some coke? Right,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, that could, boy, I, I, I would imagine that nine out of 10 times, that would be, a, uh, it's a great thing that you put that yeah. in there. But that one time.
1: yeah, Yeah, so I don't boy. know. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I'd appreciate anyone's feedback on that, to say the least. But moving right along, I just also wanted to give you the Browns update, NFL update, quickly. Because uh, Lisa says every week, you know, I hate when you do this Browns thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you've
0: got to do it now. So I have to do it.
1: <laughs> so, you know, last week there was all the drama about Odell Beckham Jr., uh, the, the self-proclaimed star receiver wanting to get out. We released him. So it was like, what's going to happen? Is the locker room going to be in disarray or are they going to come back together in gel? They clobbered the uh, AFC North leading Bengals 46 to 16. Uh, and the offense looked wow. crisp. Yeah, on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's great. But now, I mean, we already got four losses under our belts here. So no, the Browns only had five losses all last season. So right. the division, the AFC North, uh, Brown's division is like the toughest in the NFL. And, uh, so, uh, we got, um, what do we got I, the Patriots Sunday and mm. always tough with Bill Belichick. Yes. So,
0: which makes th- me mad. Just thinking about it.
1: I know. And why didn't he do morning, that great
0: when he was the Browns coach? I, I can't get that, that out of my head. Just
1: talking about that on Sports Talk Radio. This oh, is morning. that right? And that was when Art Modell just announced that they're going to. Oh, rumors started that they were going to move the team at the end of the right. season. Right. They were yeah. picked to go to the Super Bowl that year. And if they didn't move the team, Belichick may still be here, and we would have had what he, they got in New England the dynasty right no, could very well have been but that's what happened and uh what mm-hmm. i just heard this morning as well our both our star running backs are out with a covid outbreak mm. and uh, a couple others as well so we got once again shorthanded and let's see what happens it's boy awesome. there sure
0: is a lot of uh, crazy stuff especially with the covid part too is yeah. that it's the wild card in these games and uh uh, that's too bad that that happened. I was just talking to uh, uh, a colleague of mine this week, and he uh, found out that I was from Cleveland. He was asking if I was a Browns fan, and we had to go through that whole that whole story. But uh, he awesome. said that he knew somebody that's uh, 55, and uh, he lives in Florida, but he said that uh, this woman has been planning a Browns Super Bowl party ever since she was 12 years old. <laughs>
1: that's that's like not her wedding not you know that's usually no brown super bowl party
0: and and i talked about how we we talk about this on the show and i was thinking you know uh the browns ever make it to the super bowl they'll be up by seven with two minutes left in the game and jesus comes back and it's all over (laughs) we don't get to the end of this something like that would happen
1: exactly right you're exactly right that's funny Oh, a final piece of just intro news. I got an email from my edwardscom.net contact page this week. And Scott, I don't have it in front of me. Scott, somebody reached out and said that he was friends with Irby back from like 1999 through 2003. And I'm talking about my dear friend, Irby Greenwood, who passed away a few months ago. Yeah, we had he found a video and uh, said that it was just a really great tribute to him. And he just wanted to reach out and say how they were friends through work way back then they used to go out to lunch all the time together. And uh, just shared a few memories that got me all choked up all over again, but in the good way, man hit me right in the feels. Now, uh, we just corresponded via email back and forth a couple times. And if you're listening, Scott, I just really, really appreciated that It made my heart just all full again. Mm-hmm. So boy,
0: well, it sure was Irby great that we were able to have of- him on the show and talk yeah. about uh, yeah. his son's passing the murder of his son, actually, and, yeah. and his thoughts so real, and, and so down to earth. And it was such a, a such a, uh, uh, an amazing thing that he was able to open up like that and just yeah. share his heart without, uh, without any shields. I mean, he, he just went put it out there
1: so much during that COVID starts. His, his son gets murdered. He's facing a triple bypass kind of out of the blue, and then is dealing with all of that all at once. It was, um, that's how we got so close because there was just a lot going on, and you know, we just spent a lot of time together as a result, mm, right? All right, moving on with the show. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta pull something up a blast from the past. I forgot about this graphic that I spent all this time on making,
2: yeah. but Merle,
1: I gotta tell you, this is gonna be kind of interesting. I was looking for something to watch on Amazon Prime the other night and I came across the movie that you brought up about 3 weeks ago 1984 right that came out in 1984 and uh I got to tell you like at that time when you brought that up I see I hadn't seen the movie since like 1984 Wait, the or, movie came out in 1984? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize how that. appropriate. I actually yeah. looked that up because I wasn't sure either. But it was so long since I saw it. And I was so young. I would have been 18 at that time or 19. Yeah, right. We're graduating. Yeah. And um, I replied to you saying, yeah, you know, one thought it was a little over the top, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. I got to tell you something watching that today. Uh, first of all, it stands the test of time. It's so well done. It's so well made, and uh, but it was like a magical prophecy. It was like Nostradamus, and and it still kind of is when. You know, we talked about Yemni Park on a, on a couple of occasions about mm-hmm. how she was such a such a natural barometer coming from being raised in the horrors of North Korea, which we really knew nothing right. much about. Yeah, And going to China, the horrors that happened there. But then she went to South Korea to get educated. And it's like, wow, what a you know, they're all about a, a real strong education. They're all about right. that. And, um, and a pretty progressive society as well. Then she comes to America to go to uh, university and had the worst experience. Uh, And that, that's uh, came to light in a Jordan Peterson podcast uh, for me the first time then she was on Joe Rogan later. But it blew Jordan Peterson away he did not know he he's been a professor forever and has only been out of it for a few years now due to mostly health reasons. Um, But it, he was so visibly shaken by her reports on what college is like in um, Ivy League schools here in America. Now there, it's just all critical race theory type stuff, ultra PC, your pronouns, it And nothing getting no real education. She said, don't go. And he Mm -hmm. said, Come on, really? He's like, he's distraught at this point. He says, Is there not a single class or a single professor that you can point out and say, Well, this one was good, exceptional, what have you. And she's paused and thought about it truly for a while. And she said, No, I no." I learned nothing. They're more concerned with your pronouns and your feelings than they are giving you an education. Now, back to 1984, Merle, I just jotted down a few bulleted points, several bulleted points of what struck me about that movie. Uh, First of all, I recall you saying, listen, highly recommend it but have something really light and positive (laughs) on the heels. Absolutely. Cause maybe it'll it'll take
0: you down a peg or two.
1: It's so bleak. Oh my God. It's so bleak. Here are just bulleted points that I, I put down that I was just, I was blown away. This came out in 1984 people. It, they, they depicted the rewriting of history. That they are mm-hmm. rewriting history for the common folk, the proletariats, so that they could uh, you know, manipulate from there. They took total 100% control of the media. Now, again, think back to what we discussed about uh, North Korea. Uh, this right. is, yeah. So they rewrote history as well with, uh, I always forget his name. Uh, Winston. In, uh, no, no, talk about the leader of North Korea. Oh, 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 yeah. But uh, so cont- total Kim control son. of the media, they they depicted mind wiping through electroshock therapy. Mm-hmm. OK, now we know that we have been doing that for decades here in, in America. Now we know it's still going on in Guantanamo Bay, but we have done that throughout the decades here. And we it's it's been on earth the uh, the records of it, even though the cover up they tried to do a very extensive cover up loss of identity, your personal identity. Now you only identify with the party and the leader of the party only, not even your loved ones. Fear. Okay, this is like the this is like the moral to the whole story. Fear is more powerful and controlling than death itself. Hmm. They did not fear death at all. He's like, please shoot me, please shoot me, please. Right. And that's that's going to be a reality. Another thing that they depicted in there forever wars
0: yes is wasn't that an interesting thing the forever wars all of that was just went into great detail on the forever war part inside of the book and you know when you start to consider the forever wars that that we've been fighting here uh the war against terrorism the war against poverty um these things trying to do that
1: with afghanistan
0: Yeah, these things have been going on and on and on. And of course, you know, we've got uh, we still have uh, forever wars that are going on right now and in in one form or another. And we find out that that gives the party complete control Mm -hmm. with these wars. You you noticed uh, with the Afghanistan thing, it didn't matter if there was a Republican or a Democrat in the White House. The war kept going on. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting, even how we backed out of this uh, Afghanistan thing. To me, it's a setup for the next war.
1: Yes, I totally agree with you. Uh, so this was just to me, disturbing on every level, because we we see it right now. What's really bothering me a ton is this rewriting of history thing, mm. that it, it happens every time uh, you start heading towards a dictatorship. And. We are, we have the proof of that going on with CRT in schools. And we talk a lot about it. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but that is exactly what they're doing now. It's, you know, it depends on what side of history you want to lean into and maybe prop up a bit. So if you want to talk about how bad Christopher Columbus was or Thomas Jefferson, because he had slaves and all these different things and lean into that, that's fine. But you're also going to, because they want to set up oh, white men are evil and horrible and, You know, responsible for slavery, the slaughter of the American Indians and all that, therefore, uh, white people today need to pay the price and all the different things that come with it and it's completely racist as we know, racism will always be around but America is the least racist country in the entire world and The atrocities that are going on all over the world right now, including slavery in many different forms, I've said it before on here is uh, the sex slave industry, human trafficking going on right here in the United States right now is so prolific that we hardly talk about that. So we have real things that we need to come together, unite and try to make better. We have been making everything better for everybody for a very long time. Now is not the time to get divided up and then lose our free speech and then head down this road of tyranny. And anyways, I just want to, I want to get onto whatever you want to talk about. There was a motto
0: Barry in the book regarding that last point that you're making, which was whoever controls the past controls the future.
1: That's exactly right.
0: And so really when you have a, a, a despot or a totalitarian government, they're gonna be very interested in rewriting history. Yeah. That's it, and and that fits right into their agenda. And we're we're you're right, we're seeing that all over the place. The first time I heard of the 1619 movement, yeah, this was uh perpetrated by the New York Times. Now it's actually inside of our textbooks. They they yeah. rewrote our history and talked yeah. about how this uh, this new world the people that came to the new world were simply trying to perpetuate slavery and really that was a, a huge departure from everything we ever learned in in history never never had we learned that before this was this was absolutely new history which there's really not, no such thing as new history but um, in the book 1984 it was said that two Two plus two equals five, yeah. unless the party says that two plus two equals three, then two plus two equals five never happened, uh just like yeah. the war that they were having against uh against their enemies. I forgot the name of their enemy now, but um it was um we've always been at war with this country, but then Eurasia. the next day the next day, yeah, it was Eurasia the next day um they could change it to their other enemy, and yeah. then it was you have to forget you have to it's a skill that they learned they had to forget that they had the war with Eurasia and then say the party line that we've always been at war with this other country so yeah. it, it's it's really a scary thing when you start to take a look at it and how the the party actually makes uh, controls things and I, you know what, Barry? I was uh, doing a little bit of studying on this uh, on this very subject regarding parties, and did you know that George Washington, our first president, is the only president that was not a part of a political party? I didn't
1: know that.
0: Yeah, in fact, um, he was very, very much against any kind of a party system. And um, I, I wanted to read you. That's something. That's
1: interesting.
0: It is interesting, but I think you're going to be more interested in what he had to say about why he was against the party system. Uh, you have to look at his administration, and you brought up Thomas Jefferson, Uh, Thomas Jefferson was in his cabinet, as well as Alexander Hamilton. And both of them had very differing views on how the country was going to go forward. Hamilton saw things more from a uh, centralized government point of view, a strong centralized federal government, Mm. while Thomas Jefferson was all about the power of the states remember he was the one that wrote the uh, declaration of independence and um he was a big leader in in virginia and remember it it was the federal government was formed at the pleasure of the states the states formed the the federal government and so they never wanted to lose their power well this um difference got very ugly within the the Washington administration, in fact, so ugly that Thomas Jefferson ended up resigning. Wow, get this! So this in in George Washington's farewell address. Remember, he ran, he was the president for two terms, and and this is what he wrote in his uh, farewell address, or what he said in his farewell address. He says that the party serves always to distract the public councils and enfeeble the public administration. It agitates the community with ill-founded jealousies and false alarms, kindles the animosities of one part against another, foments occasionally riot and insurrection. Haven't we seen that? Wow, He's like Nostradamus here. To that effect, he wrote this. The alternate domination of one faction over another, sharpened by the spirit of revenge, natural to party dissension which is diff- which in different ages and countries have perpetuated the most horrid enormities is itself a frightful despotism but this leads at length to a more formal and permanent despotism the disorders and miseries which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the absolute power of an individual. And sooner or later, the chief of some prevailing faction, more able or more fortunate than his competitors, turns his dispositions to the purposes of his own elevation on the ruins of public liberty. And finally, he says this, however, political parties may now and then answer popular ends, They are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines, which by cunning, ambitious and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to unjust domination.
1: I can't believe how well written that is. I mean, I mean that's what he, that was a speech. Yeah. Oh, that was a speech. Okay. Yeah, that's what okay. he said
0: in his farewell address. It, if, oh. if you ever get a chance to read his, uh, his acceptance address for his first presidency, too, that's, it's like a, a complete prophecy of, of America. Wow. I mean, this, this guy, if you read the history of George Washington, we, he, this is another thing, Barry, about history is that I really feel like when we were taught history, it was so watered down. Yeah, you didn't really get the real history totally of america agree. i mean I, it was
1: almost like reading a comic book
0: it was you know yeah. george washington i never tell a lie he chopped down a cherry tree what <laughs> <laughs> did that even really ever happened i don't who cares if uh, it happened right, but right you read the history of this guy and what he what he mm. did before the revolutionary war how he was involved in the uh uh, the French Indian War and some of the, the some of these stories are mind blowing. Especially mm-hmm. when he's in the uh, Revolutionary War, yeah. this guy was quite a guy. I don't think we've ever had a president like him since. then. again, wow, very against a, a, a party system. And if you take a look yeah. at the party system that formed in the next presidency and and beyond until mm-hmm. today, it was the, the party system Republicans against the Democrats that caused the civil war yeah we there you can, go Six hundred and twenty thousand people killed each other during that war and mm-hmm. uh we got to take a look at what's happening today it's uh, one of the things george washington is saying is that we forget about what's good for america and we we only want to make sure that our party gets in there You're, oh um, god it's so go to- true people go to the polls and all they care about is is it a democrat or a republican yeah. and they don't yeah. know anything about who's running and 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 besides all that we've we've allowed the federal government to become so powerful that mm-hmm. look they're dictating our every move they they know too much about us they're they're it, it, They're uh, mandating that we that we take certain things into our body or that it's ridiculous when really the foundation of this country is local government and state government. And unfortunately, most of us don't even know who the people are that are leading our own local government.
1: No, that's
0: where the power really is supposed to be.
1: I, boy, I want to back that 1000%. I, I think that's the biggest problem that we have in this nation today. Things at the federal level, it, it gets so, it's gotten so big that there's so much anonymity. I always have such a hard time with that word. But good. So when they're voting for corp- corporate interests and stuff like that, they always just bl- blame the other people. You know, I'm here trying to do the right thing. But all these people are just, you know, all uh, voting uh, for their corporate interests. And uh, if we could probably do two things uh, to get back to what you said, one, I really believe if we just had an independent party come to rise, that didn't stake claims to their their beliefs outside of freedom of speech. And and so on that I think that would do us a whole lot of good so that you could just get the moderates from the Democrat and Republican party into this independent party and start to heal some things and let the radicals stay on the fringes and so we can just expose it for the ridiculousness that it is but the power has to go back to individual states people here always like to bring up uh the Scandinavian countries as these uh, examples of paradise. And I've been, I'm always reading about that little things here and there on Quora. And I was just, again, doing this, uh, reading some good stuff this week. And from people in the Norwegian countries, uh, one guy's like, yeah, I'm from Finland. You guys like to call it a social democracy and and base uh, the United the United States uh, idea of utopia on, on that. He goes, call it what you want. We go from a uh, more socialist to a, a more conservative uh, regime all the time. We go back and forth. And he goes, but, you know, we have really high taxes. We have a good, a very good infrastructure. But he says that uh, it, and it's a very homogenized community. This is the thing about each one of those individual uh, uh, countries. And we have said this repeatedly on here is that they're small they're the size of one of our states. It's coming back to that. And, Mm -hmm. and they're also, they have very secure borders. They're they're It's almost like a, it's almost like a, a a gated community. You're all in it, right? You all bought into the same thing. So it's close to communism in a way because you're all on board and want to just preserve, preserve this as it is right now. And there, there is a, degree of seductiveness to, to that. I get it. Well, if you want that here in the United States, you're going to have to give the power back to the states and let them run independently. We also mention all the time. So if you're in Iowa, you can do things as people in Iowa should do. But if you're in New York City, uh, you know, you're going to have to do things very differently. And right. California, whatever the hell you guys are trying to do out there, I suggest you try something different. But
2: <laughs> what are I your thoughts on I,
1: I, I'm just backing up exact like the power has to go back to the states, but the federal government's gotten too big.
0: Well, it has, and you know, and, and and on top of that, what we see is a bu- a bureaucratic system that uh, is yes. really not even, as we've talked about several times, not even a part of our constitutional government. It's not the bureaucracies are not mentioned. There is no power of the of Congress to. Uh, to give their power to any other entity in order to legislate. In fact, um, I just happen to have the uh, Constitution pulled up right now. It says in Article 1, Section 1 of the Constitution, which covers our our legislative body, that all legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and House of Representatives. it says all legislative powers. Uh, You look at Article 2, which is the presidential powers, Article 3, which is the judicial powers, um, there are no legislative powers or the ability to make law in this land in any of those entities. This is what's called the separation of powers. Mm. So uh, Congress has given up that legislative power to bureaucracies in order to make so-called mandates. Mandates are laws. Laws are not supposed to be made by any other entity besides Congress. That's in the constitution. That's the law of the land, but Mm -hmm. we've allowed that to happen. So when a president, it doesn't matter who it is, but when a president decides to rule by executive order, or pushing his will into a bureaucracy to make a mandate, these are anti-constitutional measures and they should be illegal. This, they should be struck down by the, the third power, which is the judicial system. And what we're seeing is this whole lackadaisical attitude by the, by the population, we just go along with it. And mm-hmm. that, this is a danger. This is how absolute power corrupts absolutely, as we talked about. And that leads us directly back to 1984. That's <laughs> what go. happened. And, and that's what Orwellian means. Yeah. This is what 1984 is all about. And, um, and this, this, uh, this power leads typically to death. And yeah. that's exactly what was happening in 1984. The, the the main character of the story is trying to evade death, the entire story. Mm-hmm. And um, it's 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 a story that we've seen play out time and time again throughout history. And mm-hmm. it looks like we're caught in the crosshair of that here in America. It looks and inevitable. Plus, the pe- th- it does look inevitable, but if the people would just open up their eyes to see what's happening there's more of us here in this country that care than in any other country that's had this happen i mean there's there's more education here there's more people in the know we have a constitution here we have a history of freedom this would be the one and only place i would say has the ability to fight back but will they
1: Hey, I, I, I got a positive here, I, I can see a positive. Uh, so I can identify with anarchists, I can identify with everybody that is feeling hopeless, and pissed off. I mean, these young, the younger generation, we can, we often fall in the same trap. Is you know saying, oh my God, these guys they they don't know what it's like to have it hard, and so they've had it too soft. They got participate. I'm I'm guilty of this the whole way, participation trophies, and so now they're whining about you know uh, the white man did this. I think they're misguided as to where they're going, um, but they're go they're going in the right the necessary direction. Nihilism uh, leads to. Uh, something of an anarchy, a revolution, blow it up. It's not working anymore. Look, I'm going to be honest with you for the younger generation, the cards are stacked against you. We say all the time, we're usually talking about ourselves. Oh, we're taxed to death. The middle middle-class cannot be squeezed anymore. And, but the truth of the matter is if if you're 18, 19, 20, 25, 30 You're looking at this, how do I get ahead? I can't buy a house. I'm saddled with all this college debt. I didn't, you know, there's, it's so stacked against you. And um, I mentioned before that Jordan Peterson talks about the Pareto principle. And I thought he was saying Pareto principle, and I could never find anything on it. Well, he, he did a podcast on it last week. And again, and it's, I got it this time. It's Pareto, Pareto. I should say he says it so fast it sounds like Pareto, But uh, the Pareto principle is like that the eighty twenty rule. And I think it could be I think even eighty twenty tends to uh get more and more concentrated, meaning all throughout uh so not just society all throughout everything in nature everything tends to find follow the 80 20 rule he says even intergalactically something like the stars end up 80 80 percent of the mass goes in one place and 20 percent mm-hmm. goes other and and it's seen throughout everything in nature 80 percent tends to capture uh, all the stuff that Uh, 20. This is how it is. You could even look it up. And it like the definition is something like 20% of stuff produces 80% of the stuff. Right? And right, right. And so what that comes down to is in human beings, 20% of the top uh, most capable of human beings produce 80% of our stuff. Our production, yes. yes, and so somehow or another, I, I'd have to re-listen to all this, study it more. It's complicated, but that's how our wealth tends to always, in every society, get concentrated to the top twenty uh, percent. But then that goes to ten percent, then it goes to five percent, and and so on. So they. They have 90% of our wealth, literally 90% of the population has 10% of it. And yet we're paying 90% of the taxes. That's how it comes to a pinnacle and you got to blow it up.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, you know, the way that things have gone here are, (laughs) they have gone that way. It's interesting that 80, 20 rule does work and everything. I've been in sales almost all my life. And, you know, uh, 80% of the sales always come from 20% of the sales force. Uh, those mm-hmm. are the producers. And when you get to the top 10% or the top five, they're the ones that are giving the majority in that 20%. Yeah. So that's, that's how, it, it's just, you know, it, 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 it's always how it works. It's, mm-hmm. it's,
1: it's really a law. Yeah, it, it truly is. And that's what's always argued amongst uh, these philosophers. Um, I wanted to ask you and this is changing gears a bit. It's kind of getting into current events. If you yeah. want to say anything more about what we're talking about, no, this, go ahead. I like the philosophical conversation of it. Me too. Um, I'm wondering if you saw this uh, Adam shift getting outed on the view of all places. So, did you see the video? I did. I, I love it. this. Go I ahead. Uh, all right. But I just want to set it up first. So Adam Schiff has been pimping this new book of his and it's not even bother. I didn't even bother looking up what the book is. Who, who would want to <laughs> read a book by Adam, Adam Schiff me. spent the last five years looking into CNN's camera and promising and swearing that they have the evidence of Russian collusion. Yes, he did. And uh, the Steele dossier has been exposed to be completely bought uh, by the democratic party. Look, I don't mean to get partisan and slam the democratic party. I can go on with the Republican party too, but in this case now, okay. The whole Trump derangement syndrome really took everything to a whole new level. And Schiff was boy, right in the crosshairs of that. Uh, So he's goes on. So he's been very careful and selective about where he's been doing his press junket for this book right he doesn't you know wants an easy audience of course he's going to go on the view well uh megan ortega who's a fox commentator and a really really sharp lady uh happens to be guest hosting or guest guesting on the show at that time much to his chagrin and uh so let me play that uh short bit of that clip
2: I want to ask you about something that's in the news a lot right now Um, you've been really prolific over the past few years being the head of the intel committee and you defended promoted you even read into the congressional record the Steele dossier Um, and we know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the fbi for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the american people
3: Well, first of all, uh, whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted. Mm -hmm. uh, And they are. Uh, And unlike in the Trump administration, if they're convicted, they should go to jail, not be pardoned.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, So Donald Trump pardoned Roger Stone for lying. He pardoned Michael Flynn for lying. Uh, If people lied to the FBI, they should go to jail. Um, But at the beginning of the Russian investigation, I said that any allegations should be investigated. We couldn't have known, for example, people were lying to Christopher Steele. So it was proper to investigate them. And let's not forget what we learned in that investigation. We learned that the Trump campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was giving internal polling data, campaign polling data, to Russian intelligence, while Russian intelligence was helping the Trump and campaign. And to be clear, Go he
2: ahead. was fired halfway through the campaign.
3: Well, he may have been fired, Yeah. but the, the effort to get Russian help continued and even beyond the effort to get Russian help. But you may have helped spread Russian disinformation
2: get- yourself for years by promoting this. I think Ouch. that's what Republicans and what people who entrusted you as the intel committee chair are so confused about your culpability in all of this. Well,
3: I, I completely disagree with your premise. Uh, It's one thing to say allegations should be investigated, and they were. Mm -hmm. It's another to say that we should have foreseen in advance that some people were lying to Christopher Steele, which is Mm -hmm. impossible, of course, to do. But but let's not use that as a smokescreen to Mm. somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help him in the election, which they did, for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election, Mm. which he did. Uh, into inciting an uh, insurrection, which he did. Um, none of that is undercut. None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele.
2: No, I think just your credibility is.
3: Well, I think the credibility of your question, the credibility of your question uh, is in doubt.
2: All right. I have a question.
1: All right. Boy, I got to hand it to uh, Ortega there. She just She's
0: a cool cucumber boy.
1: There you go. You nailed it. And really smart and didn't let him off the hook with his little word salad spin. And um, I got to tell you, there has got to be charges being brought up here. And not just him, everybody involved with the dossier. Do you know, is that you know they always slippery slide right out of this stuff. Right, right at this high level, you know, but it's it's horrible what what they did to the country with this. Okay, they go on CNN for four or five years and are lying. To the American public. It's totally uncovered that the Democratic Party paid for all of this. And uh even how about just slander charges against I hate trying to defend Trump. He's indefensible. But they came up with all this crap about uh the sexual stuff going on in Russia. Do you remember that? Right. Yes. So I I think all of this is disgusting, but it's also it's it's on unearthing. The corruption in our government like plain as day. I
0: think it's very interesting some of his talking points there I've listened to this a few different times and I tried to have a very uh, objective view of this and try not to be partisan myself on this Mm -hmm. as much as I really don't like Adam Schiff. I tried to really just listen to his defense here and Mm. You know he he brought up uh of course he wanted to blame trump for everything immediately he went to you know trump is a terrible person yeah. and that was he he yeah. actually accused ortega of of putting up a smoke screen but th- this was the actual smoke screen was uh are you cul- culpable in this mm. well let's look at how bad trump is no no it's, it's, the question was are you culpable that that's yeah. that that you're not answering the question but he brought up a couple of things. Um, one was that um, he had in, in elicited uh, uh, the Ukraine to help in the election. And really, he was, if you really look back at that, he was really talking about Burisma and how the the involvement of Hunter Biden with Burisma. And when you start to take a look at the What happened with Burisma, you see complete corruption right there, and not to mention what happened in China, and we have these things that are still out there regarding the Biden administration, the Biden family, actually, that have, remember, the New York Post was actually censored. Uh, They weren't allowed to put the news articles on Twitter and all the other big tech platforms, Back to 1984 again, and this is the guy right here that was the mouthpiece for the entire thing. We find out that the whole investigation started by the Steele dossier was, in fact, like you said, made up. And we're we're finding out also that the central figures that, that came up with the information weren't even in Russia. They were actually part of the Democratic Party. Back to George Washington again, and what he was talking about with the party system is that the public became blinded. You, as we say, Trump derangement system, syndrome, mm-hmm. the, 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 the general public became blinded by this two party fighting that has yeah. been going on all of this time. And I'm saying that people were blinded on the left and on the right. Mm -hmm. There shouldn't be a left. There shouldn't be a right. There should just be one America. And the fact is, is that people were blindly picking sides. Mm -hmm. And I like this guy or I like Mm -hmm. this guy and not even looking at the the facts here. Um, In this case, it was. They had to do anything they could to get Trump impeached. And both mm-hmm. of those impeachment trials were a, a complete sham. Yeah. A yeah. complete disgrace for yeah. any person that's a real American. Let we're not talking about party systems right here. We're talking about a corruption of our of our of our system, especially our legal system. And that brings up this whole Rittenhouse trial that's happening right oh, now. Right. And really what you look at with like this this uh, this Kyle Rittenhouse, um, this all happened two summers ago and it was at the time of a presidential election. And you've got these uh, the Trump and Biden campaigning and this this riot happens that the The Democrats seem to be uh all behind, and the Republicans seem to just be ignoring mm-hmm. so they're both culpable in this whole thing, but this kid gets used to make political points, and that and and even you're we looking at this trial. Uh, it, the, people that tried to support the the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse and is mm-hmm. in the payment for trial, a lot of those people were harassed or fired yeah. from their jobs. Right. Uh, this is outrageous when you start to take a look at the sanctity of our legal system or or the the, the image of justice being blind what we're seeing is our justice system is being completely politicized and that's Mm -hmm. a danger to all of us again
1: do you know how dangerous
0: 1984 thing um we we get to a point where we can arbitrarily ruin somebody's life or put somebody away forever or even take their life away just to make political points that's a sick world The, the kid he was he was 17 the fact is There's video evidence of this thing, multiple angles, even drones. You can see what happened. And you would think that this kid came over there, chased a bunch of people down and and, and decided to coldly murder people. That's how
1: it's laid out in mainstream media.
0: Yeah. And depending on what news station you look at, you're going to get both of those views. I I was just looking at a a CNN version of what's happening, which was completely different (laughs) than the Fox News version of it. And look, we got to be careful. Um, Every one of these news agencies has an agenda and the agenda Mm -hmm. is not to tell the truth. The agenda is to have more, uh, more power, more political credit, more, more influence. And, um, and we've got to be clear-eyed about that whole thing.
1: Well, Merle, I think that we are very soon going to see the ramifications once again of what's going on. So it, I'm sure that when the verdict comes out and he's acquitted, I just, I watched the five last night, two episodes of it. You know, I haven't watched a lot of it lately, but when they were talking about this, they had judge Janine on there and Geraldo Rivera. He's a lawyer, she's a judge. And so they could give you a very factual uh, what's up uh, of what's going on here. Now, Judge Janine is always so over the top. From the right, kind of bothers me, but she she states her facts as how clear cut this case is. Is that it's you know dismissal that they went and pursued charges uh, recklessly uh, right away without looking at evidence before the because there was because of the politics behind it. Geraldo comes from, he's always going to come from a more humanitarian point of view. And he says, uh, This is just a a reckless kid, kind of dopey, you know, has a hero uh, thing going on in him. But he also does come to the same conclusion that the video, if you watch the real video that I can't find, mind you, because I wanted to share it, uh, but I can't find it because it's being censored. But in the courts, In the courtroom, they clearly have video, as you said, this drone footage and other things that this kid, it was purely self-defense. Right. And so it's going to be a clear uh, acquittal. And when that happens, and at least the third of the country is snowblind by CNN and MSNBC, we're going to see the riots all over again.
0: Yeah. See, now this is exactly this goes to the point of uh, politicizing these trials. And it's it seems like people are blinded by the partisan politics and that uh, devoid of facts. It doesn't matter if there's a video that clearly shows that he's he's this is self-defense. Uh, if you have a particular political opinion, uh, he's guilty or he could be innocent. But you right. have to look at the facts. The facts are, are very clear from multiple angles because this wasn't just recorded by a drone. It was recorded by several people that have video footage. We already have um, the witnesses co- corroborated the story here. The one witness said that he pointed a gun directly at Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, You can see where he gets smashed in the head with a uh, with a skateboard. Um, You can see that he's being chased by a mob and beaten. It's 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 that's what we have to take a look at. But um, there's
1: also a larger point of uh, uh, purpose here, too, is that the law enforcement was told to stand down. So, yeah, yeah, they literally were just observing all this without getting involved, which created the void for somebody like this to get into that situation.
0: You know, and here's, that just reminds me too, as as soon as this happened, he ran to the police. Uh, you know, what person right. guilty of murder runs to the police? Right. Uh, you're going to run in the opposite direction. I mean, right. it's, it, this is a kid too. He's 17 years old. I think to your point, the police are told to stand down. This is happening more and more. So, what do citizens do in the void of that protection? Good question.
1: Um, We're seeing that. We've been seeing it all week in the papers that, uh, well, if you dig enough, Seattle, uh, Chicago, New York, the crime is through the roof.
0: Los Angeles as well. Today yes. uh, in the news, we are seeing San Francisco. Here in, in Los Angeles that the uh, uh, the recommendation from the police authorities are uh, are bleak when it comes to the crime spree that's going on. We've got a, a new thing happening right now called that they're calling it follow home. And uh, what's happening is that uh, people are... It people are going they're buying jewelry or something and then uh, they're being followed home and then robbed there and the the police are recommending that you cooperate and oh my um, god and just let them have whatever they want and then call 9 and be a good witness and call 911 uh, the problem is, is that um, we've got a district attorney here, Gascone, came from San Francisco, he's a Soros candidate, uh, fu- completely funded by Soros, um, who has decided not to prosecute crime here in this county. And as a result, you have this. It's like the Wild West out here now. Yeah. And if you, we've defunded uh, large parts of the police force. So if you call nine one one, we'll be there in an hour. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like you're waiting for a, a pizza to be delivered. You know, by then you're you're dead. So you know, maybe that is good advice in the void of any kind of protection. But here we have a Second Amendment for a reason, and uh, this is what this kid. I've uh, decided is, hey, I'm not going to let, I'm just not going to let this kind of thing happen. We have to protect ourselves. And in and, and, and protecting ourselves, uh, the message is very clear coming from our federal government, because this is a federal prosecution, that if you try to protect yourself, uh, we're going to put you away. And that is uh, this is really what the totalitarian government is. Let's not forget that it was Joe Biden himself during the campaign that labeled Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist immediately. And here uh, he didn't shoot any black people. So I'm trying to figure out how you you are a white supremacist in this uh, situation.
1: I got to tell you, that's I forgot about that. And that's so disturbing that our president goes and feeds that fire. You know, I'm going to say again, when the verdict comes out and he's acquitted, these cities, as you just mentioned, are going to go up. burn be burnt up again. And by the way, all of them have had insurrections taking place. And we're going to see major insurrections take place. But I'll get back to another point. Um, is it inevitable? I understand the frustration with everything in this country right now. Is it inevitable? Do we have to blow it up? It kind of kind of seems like uh, that is just the way it goes naturally. I mean, yeah. is there a way we put a thumb in the dike? Do you actually reverse things? I don't know. Like, we've never been here before because technology's never gone crazy the way it's gone crazy in the last 20 years. You know what I mean?
0: I totally I I think you're right about that is that if we take a look at the technology here, the, the, the way that the information could be spread so quickly to whip up a uh, yeah. an angry mob it is, uh, it, it's, it's astounding, really, when we take. But on
1: the it. other hand, too, is that the growing uh, audience of podcasts like this is getting a real education on what's going on and, and seeing different views. And millions of people are actually realizing that mainstream media is completely done. It's manipulated, you know, it's bought sold and uh complete manipulation. So can there be that uprising? Can there can there coming up if we can make it three more years, we got another election coming up and during that time can a new party as we've been talking about rise and start to communicate all of this and, uh, bring a, a more awareness to everybody else. Can I, that I, happen?
0: It, it seems, it seems like a, a miraculous, it would, it would take a miracle I think at yeah. this point. And yeah. it's a big uphill battle, but you know, to your point though, Barry, uh, I, I just want to read this ep- excerpt from the declaration of independence as uh Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are customs, accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object, evinces and design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right. It is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. And this is, this is our founding document. This is what the constitution is, is based on. This is the rock the constitution stands on. And, and these founding fathers I uh, are in complete agreement with everything you just said, Barry.
1: Yeah, kind of thinking like if there was a a, a way to put a side network together for the governors of, uh, for mayors to governors to you know the, the states to get the states cooperating, um, in a in an independent uh, capacity. Uh, I think
0: that's the key, Barry. I think that's uh, the key is that the states where the power really lies in the Constitution uh, need to band together. It can't be just one or two states out there. These governors of these states need to band together and say, look, uh, federal government, we're just not going to comply with any unconstitutional yeah. rules that you put out there and there's nothing that the federal government could do on that uh, on that front and what we are actually seeing the rise of that happening right yeah. now yeah. especially with this OSHA mandate that's coming down the pike right now which is extremely unconstitutional the federal government does not have the power to do that and in fact All of the federal government leaders uh, have said up until just two months ago that they didn't have the power to do that. And then suddenly they changed history. Uh, Very interesting how it keeps coming back to that, Barry.
1: It is. Uh, I think we should probably be winding up. I got something I want to talk to you about in the after show about the uh, Democrats' odds over the SALT changes, the state and local taxes. And I've tried to fully comprehend it but what i do understand about it is this is how uh once again the rich get richer and the poor get poorer as far as this tax uh, situation but want to talk about it in the after show as far as lightening this up i have a couple of i got two things that i, I want to share with you and this first one i it just really made me laugh. This, uh, dog takes a golf cart for a spin crashes into a truck. What? Yeah, this is, <laughs> I know that headline alone. Um, you wouldn't believe it unless it unless it was caught uh, is this on the camera. onion or, um, oh, right? No, no, okay. no. This is a 10 year old dog named Titan. This was caught on the home video camera, hopped into the family's golf cart accidentally sat on the gas pedal and took off in their truck we were away. And when we came back, and I said to my husband, Oh, my God, someone's in our yard and took our cart for a joy, what, joy, joy, ride, And smashed into my truck. Don't worry, Titan walks away. Okay, he's in uh, injury free. So this video is playing now he is in this golf cart. And there he sat on this. Uh, up, look at this thing. And it's taken a big white arc and bam, boom, right into the truck. And he walks, he walks away on
0: No problem.
1: Right. I thought that was
0: hysterical. That was awesome. I love that.
1: But, uh, thank God for home security cameras. Cause we do get some, uh, Interesting footage sometimes <laughs> yeah, No kidding. Uh, it's a good uh, thing the airbag didn't go off there. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. Uh, there's another one that okay. I shop a lot on Amazon. Do you, Merle? I think you do. I, I do occasionally I got okay. I got my whole microphone set up uh from Amazon right. actually. What I like about it so much, and of course I hate the uh, monopoly thing. Amazon's too big for its britches, right?
0: Absolutely. Look at Jeff Bezos, man. Yeah, geez. Yeah, he's so rich. He's flying into space now.
1: Exactly. And that again, it shows you where our society has kind of hit the spinnacle. But what they they revolutionized for the better the buying experience uh, on Amazon. And what I love about it is, if you're looking for a new microphone or whatever, you read all these reviews. Now, you know, if there are 50 reviews, 40 of them are bought, right? right? But if there's a thousand reviews, they're not buying all. You could start to see. You so would think, the, right. Yeah. So it's the reviews are so important. And I, I, am I for one, read the reviews. Well, we got a review here for leggings that went viral. Really? And so a woman falls down a mountain and writes hilarious review for these, <laughs> these leggings. She says, order them now. Uh, and there's a picture of this kind of ob- obese woman, woman laying <laughs> on the rocks of this mountain. She says, can I just say that I'll be reordering them in every color? Cause here's me rolling and sliding down a mountain because I was too scared to get up. My leggings did not rip, not even a little bit. And I got stuck on rocks and trees. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Someone responds here. Mountain sliding legging lady was right. She writes her own review. <laughs> She's got some on too. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that photo. The skinny, skinny lady in purple <laughs> leggings. She says, these Ray-Pose leggings off Amazon are exactly as good as the lady in the review says. Glad I bought five. Oh, man, that is is crazy is hilarious. The funny thing
0: is I can relate to that woman. Uh, You know, have you ever gone up like a high, like kind of, you know, mountain or whatever, and then you're too scared to come down? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a bad place to be.
1: I had to help a, a few years back help a neighbor off the roof of his house. Cause he did, he got up there to do some work and he got too scared. I had to help like, him climb down. The had ladder.
0: Had like You're like a scared kitten up there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all I like, you know, you're, as long as you got someone, you know, a big person holding the ladder, it's like, right. okay. Ladders are really dangerous,
0: dangerous really boy. Dangerous. Yep. Yep. Don't go up them.
1: All right. I think we should uh, wind up and go in yeah, for sure. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Uh, we'll be, uh, be with you soon. Uh, go to over 50 com Sign up, please. Or just sign up to our podcast to give us some Thanks a bunch. See you next
2: week.